Hello and welcome to this episode of the Ready Yet podcast. And I know that I usually have guests with me and I love to share people's stories, but I've been working on something that I just wanted to share with you directly and get this more and more and more out into the universe. So why am I putting together a training on how to plan your breakthrough? So from talking to clients and prospects and connections and all the people I talk to, one of the things that I've noticed over and over and over again is people keep having the similar challenges, right? The the same patterns. And truthfully, I was there myself. And it's doing all the work, working, 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 doing all the things, and then not getting the results you want, not getting the income that you want. And the frustration and the disappointment and brutally enough, sometimes the embarrassment. You don't want people to know that you're working so hard, but you don't actually feel like your business is working. And what would it do for you, your business, your life, if you could actually have the income breakthrough that you thought your business was going to provide? When you started it, what would happen for your business if all that work that you were doing started to work for you, right? So let me take a step back for you so that you know where this is coming from, right? So I had the big fancy corporate career. And as part of that job, I used to do training for financial advisors on certain aspects of growing their business. And then I owned my own franchise when I left corporate. I didn't leap directly into pure entrepreneurship. I owned a franchise. And in that franchise system, I had gotten my office to the top 10 out of like 200 offices in about 18 months. And as a result of that, the franchisor would hire me to help um, train new franchise owners. They would come to Chicago, preferably not in winter, and I would teach them what they needed to do. And I was speaking for the franchise at um, the national events they were having. And also the chambers and the entrepreneur groups where I was networking were inviting me to speak, but they didn't want to know about my business working with families with aging parents. They wanted to know how I was growing so quickly. Can you talk about that? Teach us about that. So finally, I listened to the universe. And I'm like, all right, stop doing all these other things and just do the thing that was making me the most happy and having the biggest impact. Help other people grow their businesses. And I knew I could do it. I knew that I could do this because I'd spent over 20 years doing it, right? But here's what happened. When I was no longer in corporate and I was no longer within the framework of a franchise and I went out there to do it for myself, I made $11,000. My first year in business for myself, I made $11,000. I literally went from multiple six-figure business to $11,000. So it's like, so what happened, right? Because like I said, I knew I could do it. I knew I could do it. I've been doing it for years. But when I went out there and like put my flag in the ground and this was just going to be me, it didn't work. It didn't quite work. So how did I turn it around? How did I go from 
nothing really working and making $11,000 to doubling my business year over year and getting to multiple six figures in like just over two years. Like it's a pretty short period of time, right? How did I do that? So what I needed to do was learn a different mixture. I learned a different mixture. I learned not only what was the foundation of what I needed to be doing, but like almost more importantly, I needed to learn who did I need to be to do it. That was different for me. Who did I need to be to do it? So that's what I want to lay out for you in this conversation here. Looking at what you need to do, yes, but also looking at who you need to be to do it. And this is a loaded, loaded situation. We could do like, and maybe I should just plan this as I'm talking about it. We could do a whole series of episodes on who do you need to be in order to do what you want to do. And no, I cannot solve everybody's growth plans in one 20, 30 minute podcast episode, but I absolutely can give you a solid foundation of where to start so you can start planning for your business and you can have that breakthrough. So if you haven't heard me talk about this before, I work at the intersection where what you need to do meets who you need to be to do it. And that's how I'm going to talk about this for you today. So the first thing under the what you need to do, what do you need to do? You need to do the math. You need to do the math. You actually need to plan for your breakthrough. Most people don't do any planning at all for their business. They just go and do things. They don't do the math. They don't do the planning. Or if they do the planning, they do it in such a way where they look at all the bills that they need to pay, and then they just plan to make that amount of money. They forget to add in their breakthrough. Do you even know? Great question here, reflection question. Do you even know what a breakthrough in your income looks like for you? And have you done the math? Not just total, not just the total you need to make in a year and two years, however long you're planning for, but in a does your math add up? sort of way. Does your math add up? Does the math of what you're selling or offering and how many of them you need to sell or offer in a year, is it possible to get to your breakthrough goal with that math? Because there's a lot of times I've talked to people about this where they want to have $50,000 in their business. Great. $100,000, half a million dollars. The total doesn't matter because the math is the same. Do you offer a service or product at a price that makes it possible for you to get to your goal? Now, you can choose to be a low-priced leader and work on volume, or you can be a high-priced expert and work on value. They both work but you have to choose your path intentionally so that you know how to get there and that it's even a pos- possible. The next thing is under the category of who do you need to be? Who do you need to be? And this is all about um, what do you believe about money? 
what do you believe about money? Because if you're going to have a breakthrough year, even if you create the plan from step one to have a breakthrough year, if you believe, for example, that it's really, really hard to make money, your plan is not going to help you get over that because you're going to spend the year making it really, really hard to make money. If you believe that making money is a battle, it's hard to have a breakthrough when you're stuck fighting a battle. And what you believe about money, it's kind of easy to figure out what you believe about money because you can kind of just look around you. Look around you. Do you have money? How do you spend money? Do you only buy things that are on sale? Do you deny yourself things if they're a little bit more expensive because you're worried about not being able to pay for it? That, those are your beliefs about money. And they're created when you're a kid. Because the way that we think and talk about money is a generational habit. My mom, I'll give you one of my examples and how this played out. My mom's, one of her phrases was money doesn't grow on trees. So I thought it was really hard to make money. But second, one of the things she used to say to me when I would ask for things, um, namely clothes, and I'll just date myself right here. I'm a kid from the 70s and 80s. I wanted Jordash jeans. I wanted Jordash jeans. I don't know why I wasn't compelled to want Calvin Klein jeans or Gloria Vanderbilt jeans. I wanted Jordash jeans, probably because they had a little horse on the back, right? That was their logo. I don't even know if they're still around, <laughs> but I wanted Jordash jeans. And what my mom used to say to me, I'm not going to spend that kind of money on you. You're just going to grow out of them. That's what she would say. Now, she wasn't trying to be mean. She wasn't trying to create a problem. It's, this is just how this works. So we're not saying mom's a bad mom. But number one, if you're watching this live, you might see this. I'm only five feet tall. So surprise, wasn't going to grow out of anything. But number two, like, what did I make that mean? What did I take that comment and make that mean about money and about me? Well, that whole phrase, that kind of money, makes it sound like I'm not worth spending the money on. I'm not worth that kind of money, that kind of money. And second, good things only happen in the future, right? Because the way that that was said was, you're only going to grow out of it, which kind of meant eventually maybe I'd stop growing out of things and then I would be worth it. Then in the future. So, can you imagine how challenging it is to build an entrepreneurial endeavor when you have a story in your head since childhood that good things only come in the future, which, by the way, you never catch up to the future, and that you're not worth someone spending a lot of money on you? And again, not mom's fault, not what she set out to do just unintended consequences of how generationally we talk about money. So this is kind of a good news, bad news thing. The good news is you can change this because you can be in control of it. The bad news is it's been there in your subconscious since the time you were a real little kid. So if you're going to change it, you're going to have to do some real intentional work around making that happen. So it's totally fixable, but you have to do it with intention.
You have to do it on purpose. You have to look around you, see your results, do some digging of what it is you believe about money, and then come up with a different way to think about money. Something directly, I want to say in opposition to it, but in a good way, in a good way. So that you can change your ideal. One of the things I used right away was it's easy to make money. It's easy to make money. The more money I make, the easier it is. So can you change those beliefs into something that work for your breakthrough instead of against your breakthrough? So as a review, step one, do the math. Step two, create a new money story that works for you instead of against you. Um, Step three, we're going to go back to a tactic of what you need to do. This is one of my favorites because my background's in marketing. This really is one of my favorites. It's having an intentional client journey. You have to have an intentional client journey. So what am I talking about? This is your marketing plan. This is how you get people to be aware that your business exists. This is kind of like the other category with the money story. I have an MBA in marketing. We could go straight down the freaking rabbit hole of all the moving pieces, but we're going to get you set with a foundation, something to think about as you're putting together your marketing plans. I'll give you a place to start. And one of the biggest mistakes I watch entrepreneurs and small business make is that they don't have an intentional, coordinated marketing plan for re-engaging with their prospects. And you hear me keep saying plan, 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 kind of like with the money, plan, plan, plan. This is not about getting out there and doing things at random and throwing a bunch of spaghetti at the wall. This is about doing intentional things in specific, measurable ways so that you can continue to get feedback on what worked, what doesn't work, hone in that messaging, And just consistently be able to do a better job with your marketing. And the second piece of that is that re-engaging. Marketing is about getting new people into your world, but it's also about re-engaging with the people you've met. And that's another big thing I watch people kind of skip out on. They think if they go, you know, if they place an ad, if they do a post on, on Facebook, if they make a direct message on LinkedIn. If they meet somebody in a networking event and shake their hands over the buffet line, that they're going to see the like most amazing 30-second introduction, hi, my name is Aaron and I'm a business coach, and like someone's just going to throw money at me and say, take my money, I want to work with you. And it's just not the way it works. Does that ever happen? Absolutely. You can be in the right place at the right time and meet the right person and you have the right energy and you have the right message and they're in the right scenario where poof, instant client, yay. And it absolutely happens. However, you are missing out on the growth of your business if you don't have a way to intentionally re-engage with the people that you meet and you only stay at that top-level marketing. You don't have to overcomplicate this. Don't get all worried, because this is what I used to do to screw things up. Don't get all worried that it has to be complicated. It doesn't have to be complicated. It just has to be consistent. 
so that you are regularly in front of people. Realtors have a big challenge here. That's a great example for you. Realtors can have a big challenge here because you can meet somebody and have such a great connection with them. But if they're not ready to sell their house, they're not going to think about that. And then boom, a year later, they're ready to sell their house and they just go and decide to work with the realtor that happens to be in front of them at the time. But if you had a consistent way to re-engage with people, you would have been the one, right? The realtor, you would have been the one that they picked because you would have been top of mind. So step three is a consistent, intentional client journey that gives you a way to regularly re-engage with the people that you meet. And this kind of goes double duty. The same activities that introduce you to new people can be used to re-engage people. So it doesn't have to be complicated. So step four, step four is it's all about how you show up. And this is one of my big sticking points, my, my big ahas, if you will. Are you showing up? I, I sum it up this way. Are you showing up as a thought leader or are you showing up as a vendor? And I don't mean to say vendor is a bad thing, but this is what I mean. Are you showing up in a way that is with confidence that you can deliver on the promise that you make, but also in a way where your prospect knows you can lead them to the solution? And I know here in the Midwest, especially, we're all very nice and we want to be nice. And so many times I watch entrepreneurs or business owners approach their prospects or in behave in a networking environment in a meek, mild way, hesitant way, where, they're, where they step back. I'll be over here if somebody wants me to help them. Now, I'm not talking about the difference between introvert and extrovert. Because an introvert can absolutely still show up in their confidence. You don't have to be loud to be confident. You can be calm confident just as well as you can be boisterous confident. But are you showing up in your confidence? Another way I describe this, and I am doing my best to embrace this at every stage of my business. Are you showing up? behaving and speaking in a way that lets your prospect immediately think that their life and their business would be better off by having you in it. It doesn't matter what your business is, but if your prospect feels, because every buying decision is based on emotion, if your prospect or potential client feels that they would be better off by having you in their life and in their business to help solve their problem, because that's what businesses do. We solve problems. You are going to be so far ahead of the game. It will make everything so much easier. So when I thought, talk about being a thought leader as opposed to a vendor, this is not about being an arrogant jerk. 
This is about showing up in such service, not just by what you do, but also by who you're being, that it becomes compelling. It becomes compelling for people to want to be with you. So that's my big four steps, right? Make your plan for your breakthrough from an income standpoint. You have to know your numbers and know what a breakthrough means to you and if your business can support what you're trying to do or if an adjustment needs to be made. Number two, you have to clean up your stories about money because if you think that it's going to be hard to make money, then it's going to be hard to make money because we love to prove ourselves right. Number three, you have to have an intentional, coordinated, consistent client journey that allows you to re-engage with people so that you're front of mind when it comes time that they need a solution to the problem that you help solve. And number four, are you being a thought leader and not, aka just a vendor, and showing up in a way and speaking in a way and serving in a way that lets people just know that they will be better off by being having you involved in their life and involved in their business. So whether you want to make $50,000, when you want to make a half a million dollars, $5 million, it's all the same. It works at every level. And what I did to get from $11,000 to multiple six figures so quickly is I took these four things and I wrote them all out. And I looked at them every single day. I reviewed them every single day to make sure I was doing what I knew I needed to do and being who I knew I needed to be to give myself the best chance at that breakthrough. So it's good timing. Hopefully you're planning for the new year. Everything seems possible at the new year. But if you do this work, you're going to give yourself such a better chance of having that breakthrough that you've been looking for. And if there is anything at all that I can do to help you in that effort, just reach out. You know how to find me. I'm not hiding. Erin at conqueryourbusiness.com. Take care. Hope to hear from you soon.